0: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengel,
1: Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio Speed City.
2: Uh, welcome to the show, Gearheads. Woo! Everybody we, awake now? Everybody's awake after that uh-huh. German Grand Prix of the finish. Yeah. yeah, hey guys, I had to go run some errands for the first forty laps. Did what did I miss? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. much. <laughs> Man, how about the last twenty something laps? So
3: Liberty, just, I, I got the whole solution. <laughs> Liberty just need to order rain at all times at all Grand Prix. They're gonna and send sprinklers, up. as somebody said. <laughs> yeah. No, they're gonna send up drones and seed the clouds. That's it. I like it. So, typical British day for a typical (laughs) British driver. Um, (laughs) But in Germany. uh, Well, isn't it, uh, the irony of all of this, we've been talking about these two men going for five world titles each. Uh, in the two best cars there is. And then in Lewis's backyard, Vettel wins. And in Vettel's backyard,
2: <laughs> Lewis wins. That's funny. I hadn't thought about it that way. But that does change the championship, though, with Vettel That's out, it. man. Pretty dramatic. We'll get to calculate the points here in a minute. That's the biggest swing of this to-and-fro
3: championship between these two men that we've had. And it also puts, as I said, Raikkonen, with Vettel not finishing, uh, another podium for him. So it helps Botas and Raikkonen close the gap on this battle. Um. Yeah, we've got a, a. This we're at the halfway point, Ten to go. Ding ding. Yeah, seventeen
4: <laughs> points Hamilton up on Vettel. So yeah, that's uh, that's close. That's close. Like I said, and you know we uh, our podium predictions didn't really come off.
2: Uh, yeah, that's uh, we, true. We certainly know the team orders if we didn't before. Oh man, that was really fascinating. With uh, especially at the what was it about lap? I don't know forty when. Uh, when Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen were getting team orders, that was... Well, Raikkonen was leading. I mean, the the, the Mercedes one was far more obvious.
3: It was like whole yeah, yeah. station, whole position, anything could happen, and the guy... Lead. And and by the way, as Botas says in his interview afterwards, look, I made an attempt, I didn't get past Lewis at the restart, and quite rightly the team said, you know, don't keep that up, <laughs> even if you could, yeah. because we have to think about the championship. Whereas the Raikkonen decision... Was immaterial because Vettel went off in the end, but you know, I I feel for Kimi. Um, you know,
2: I, and it was fascinating the way they were saying they didn't ever come out and say no. Kimi let him pass. They just said, "Well, Kimi, uh, Kimi tried to make Jock Clear say it." Yeah, he said, "Well, what are you saying?" You know, to just come out and say it, and they never well, did. I, I think there was two things
3: going on there. One was he actually did want clarification because he was leading the race, and he was like, "Hey, your tires are going off, both of you." You heard Vettel on the radio beforehand saying. My tires are going off, um, and I could I could go lower. He basically instructed the team that he could
2: go faster, and that's kind of what prompted it. Well, if you notice when Vettel went around him, he was quickly two and a half. I looked first sure. time I looked up, he was two and a half seconds ahead of Raikkonen. But, but Raikkonen was saving his tires. So. Well, it's true. It's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's just one of the stories today. We uh, we've got some of this team radio too. We're going to play that too. But, uh, but what about the Haas boys? I always like to jump straight to that. So Good for Grosjean, we said I mean, it yeah. Be he didn't really have the greatest race but ended up with good result
3: yeah um i mean you know you got to be in it to win it i mean it, it was a lottery at the end um and good strategy from from those that sort of chose at the right time but it was a lottery like i said you, you know you could not have predicted uh what uh-huh. tires to be on i think the only real genius was the move Gasly? to bring it <laughs> no, the move to bring Hamilton in and put him out on the ultra softs with a with a double option, effectively one to go to the end, two if it rained, which it did. Um, he was in a good position and could go
2: faster than before the rain, and that's what won in the Grand Prix. Yeah, and and I was joking about Gasly because he was the first one to go full wet. Yeah, and then they took him off the full wet, and then they started raining. It's like you can't win with that kind of back and forth tire strategy, of course. But one thing I am happy about, Hartley uh getting getting finally getting some championship points yeah actually i think he had i think he had some points before today i mean he's had a rotten run well yeah he's had a miserable but you know watching vettel go off track i i watched the replay going what happened what happened and he had no control whatsoever
3: yeah, he just came into the stadium section. The the stadium section starts with a right-hander, a very fast right-hander, which I think was drier than before. And then it goes into that left-hander, and that's where he lost it. And he just he just didn't even steer. He just went straight off.
2: Well, obviously, we're going to recap the German Grand Prix here, but we got some other things we're going to talk about on the show today because there's some, there's some business of Formula One at, that we're going to talk about today because we got to do an interview yesterday with Christian Silt, who is the... Uh, Editor of Formula Money and is quite prolific in the Formula One business world, and he writes for Forbes magazine and several other magazines. And we've got some interviews with him. We're going to talk about later in the show. And but let's get back to the German Grand Prix and then you know talking about down the grid a little bit. um, We uh, (laughs) Red Bull we lost uh, Daniel Ricciardo in the middle of the race with a uh, with a technical problem.
3: Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo, yes. I mean, you start at the back, he was a little bit slower than than Hamilton coming through. But, um, yeah, it was not a great day for Red Bull across the board. Verstappen, uh, I was listening to Christine Hordier on the radio to Verstappen as well, and they made a decision, and it didn't pay off for them. So, yeah, for both Ricciardo and Verstappen, not the
4: perfect day. Wait a minute. Red Bull is Toro Rosso, Brennan Hartley.
3: Oh well, yeah, all right, fair enough. But I mean, for okay, Red you're Bull, stretching.
4: It was- <laughs> I'm trying. You're trying. I'm just glad to see Brendan Hartley get some points. And Gasly, to be fair, he, both of them yeah. got points. Yeah. And uh, you know, they look good. Look good. Glad to see those guys in there. The uh, the rest of it, I don't think there's any argument. You got to give it to uh, Hamilton for the driver of the day.
2: Yeah, I mean, when's the last time we've done uh, somebody come from this far back to win a race? I think it was 2005. I think when. Uh, I think it was Japan. I don't remember who it was, but it was 2005. That is, that is a huge run to come from the back, and obviously the rain, and we, all, we are obviously hoping for a little rain after the first 40 laps and there was not much activity. It was pretty actually very boring race up to that point.
4: Well, I think uh, Hamilton is one of those that plays well in the rain, and, uh, and so I think that further helped him out.
3: Been a rollercoaster a couple of weeks, though, hasn't it, for him? Um, The highs and lows of um, pole at uh, Silverstone, and then the lows of not getting the win, having gone from the back to second, then uh, getting um, down to 14th, trying to roll the car back after ruining the hydraulics or whatever he did, starting from 14th and then coming through, and really, like I said, the lottery of the weather uh, helping Hamilton, but also the strategy of the team, to be fair. And that hat's off to Toto and the and the boys from Mercedes, um, that will be one that they will remember for a long time to come. Because you, you, you know, you forget that. You know, take take Lewis and uh, Valtteri out. Most of the team. It's a German-based team. Certainly, the head honchos. Uh, obviously, they're based in the UK, but at the same time, um, that's a massive win at Hockenheim in Germany for Mercedes.
2: Yeah, you gotta you gotta be excited for them, and you could see that. Uh, the whole Mercedes crew jumping up and down, and and so what about Lewis Hamilton, guys? When he got through on the radio, he was love wins all. It's just this weird behavior continuing. Yeah, and I say weird behavior. It, it, uh, what I mean by that is nothing wrong to
3: to, to 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 be you know thankful and you know have a have a private prayer, but he he is kind of becoming a little. Yeah, he's bringing it in, whether it's been there. I mean, he's always, you know, thank God and always all that kind of stuff. But um, we've not seen this as openly. Even Rosberg picked up on it. I mean, you know, he sat by the car yesterday and had a, a little prayer with it. Um. yeah, he's just, I don't know, he's kind of maybe just turning that, that corner. And, maybe,
2: and if that's what it is, if that's his spirituality, it's fine. But it's just it's just odd a little bit. It's not a big deal, I guess. It's just a little odd. It's well, just more noticeable, it. yeah.
4: Yeah, we see it in other sports. I think it's just that he's kind of amped it up more recently. I mean, you know, so we've seen that, like I said, football players do it pretty routinely.
3: Yeah, I think if you like, I think he's kind of playing the role of the the megastar and I think he's using that role um to you know, to just I don't know, just to kind promote of talk it, to, him. Foster to it Promote his fr- you know, to, to 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 play to his audience, well, which he has
4: a huge audience. I'll say this about it. I'd a lot rather hear that than any political rants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, I mean it's yeah. funny It's just hey, it, peaceful and goodness. Cool, thank you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I've just
3: seen a, an official Kimi Räikkönen crossing the pit lane entry line and losing five seconds. Did it matter? It didn't matter.
4: All righty. We okay. question: whether that, during the race, whether that was uh, really up to it. That entry line is a kind of line of debarkation. You don't cross that because of the possibility of going back into fast-moving traffic. And uh, when they had... Uh, a call on it, he was originally told to go to the pit. And so, uh, you know, there's a bit of indecisiveness on the team directions to him. So you can't really blame him, but, uh, you know, he, he took a shot at it.
3: I had a brain fart. What? That was it.
4: It, it, what I was thinking,
3: actually, and now I'm getting it because I was nudged in the right direction, thankfully. <laughs> um, 216, Raikkonen. Came across the pit lane entry and was fined. Oh, and and was given a five second fine. He was given a five second penalty. Lewis, in 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 out out out, shake it all about. Did exactly the same thing.
2: No fine. No, he did not. No fine. Right, right. So Raikkonen did back in sixteen. And Vettel, I mean, which actually was brilliant
3: research by my mate Matt. So (laughs) I'm just just keeping him honest there. That's his work. So he just prompted me, and and that is brilliant because it's true. And it does beg the question, how can you do that? How can you go across the grass while leading a Grand Prix, while under the safety car, um, and not get, get in trouble? We said at the time
2: that's going to cause trouble, and it he did, did it twice. Yeah. Well, I wish we had that radio. To Tell you what, we do have a little radio clip that we can play. We've got Lewis Hamilton's post-race audio. I think it was at 1647, producer. But Lewis, let's hear Lewis Hamilton's post-race audio.
5: Get in there, Lewis. Miracles do happen,
6: mate.
2: Guys, what an amazing job by you guys! Thank you so much.
7: I'm so grateful. Love conquers
2: all. Yeah, mate, that has been a stellar drive, absolutely stellar drive.
3: Okay, yeah, I take it back. Love, it's,
2: it's okay. It's,
3: I, I, you I know? Mean, it's the love conquers all. It's like what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I it's a, you know you're in a race. It's a competitive situation. You got. F- 700 people all trying to get a, a machine across a line, and love conquers all. I don't know. It's just, it, it doesn't seem to fit the modern sport. Uh, he would have been better if he'd have made a, a more religious r- remark about thanking his God or whatever it might be. But love conquers all,
2: I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it is just a little strange. All right. So, what other stories down the grid here a little bit? Because obviously, there was a lot of stories when the rain came out and the tire story going on and off, on and off. And, and uh, uh, we saw intermediates come on. We saw them come off, and and uh, super softs come on. What would you guys think?
3: Yeah, I mean, strategy was key. Um, I think you know, uh, and there was a lot of head scratching uh, and meteorological um, looking, <laughs> checking out the charts, so to speak, because we really couldn't predict it. And I like said at Hockenheim, it, it can be like that, and it was. I mean, it really was just two corners. Hey,
4: you know, but you know i i'm looking at the bigger picture right now for the season i love this i love this yeah. it's you know the <laughs> hamilton and vettel are still in sparring distance with each other yeah
3: i, I mean we we're getting tweets now saying wow this this championship's lit up quite literally uh, by the way call in 512 643 l a i v e l a l i v e that's 1370 that's 5483. So 512-643-5483. Five, five,
4: I thought you were adding a can- Canadian extension. Yes.
3: <laughs> if you're in Canada... Hey, um,
4: it always fits in somewhere. I don't know how to call from You Canada. know, there's <laughs>
3: several Canadian drivers in Indy.
2: Yes. We found this out. That's true. <laughs> if you heard last week's show, you know what he's talking Flashback. about. Flashback. <laughs> All right, so what else, guys? Uh, what about the Renault team? So, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm rooting for the Renault team to do bad so Haas can do better. And they look pretty good. Of course, Carlos Sainz did have that 10-second penalty for for what was that, guys? Passing. It was... He passed the
3: Alfa Romeo, the uh, Sabah under safety, under basically under the safety. I know, car. but it was just so blatant. Yeah, was, like was. Did He have a brain? He, Speaking he did, of brain farts, yeah. I mean, he, well, to be honest, I was I said it during, the, during when he did it. Um, he does have some lapses, to Carlos? Um, just every, occasionally, he did one in Canada if you remember, massive crash he got into. Um, but yeah, that was a weird one. But um, Hulkenberg. Almost had the brilliant... He It was one point at the last restart where I thought Hulkenberg was on the right tires and the right place to go all the way if everybody else started falling off. But um, no no luck for Hulkenberg. I thought it was going
2: to be his first podium in 9,000 Grand Prix. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but we talked about it in the pre-show, and that is uh, Lewis Hamilton signing a new contract. This is not a bad way to start off your new contract. Two years, yeah. yeah. Two years' and, worth. Two actually, years. and I think also Botas. So, yeah... Two new contracts—not a bad way to start that off with a one Love two. does
6: conquer all. of them. Love
2: does conquer. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's he what it is. He got some does. love. There uh, <laughs> you go. Know. In, the, hey. in the
3: form of forty million. I call that love, baby. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, well, you—you you talk about people who did sign contracts. Fernando Alonso has actually commented that he will not be back, and he will quit Formula One by twenty twenty one season. Wow. You think that's going what, to... Hey, uh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is yeah, stop, yeah. stop
3: the presses, Les. Where, where, where are you finding this piece of information? Hey, hey, hey. It's out there. Have you got a special interweb it's that we don't there. have?
4: It's out there. But Les yeah. Webb. The there mayor's you web. <laughs>
3: yeah. So seriously, you're saying that... I mean, well, you've got to put that in context. So he is basically saying he will not drive after the new Concorde agreement, which uh, effectively is almost the reset button for Formula One. Right. Yep. Which which isn't that surprising. So he's not going to go well, into the
4: new era formula. Well, right and here's the way that came about is they were you know we mentioned the eighteen inch tires that are coming up, and uh, he was specifically asked about it, and so his comment back was, "I don't know. I will not be the here anymore."
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's an off-the-cuff rather than a a, a a sort of calculated, a declaration. Yeah. a declaration of exactly when his contracts will end. But yeah, uh, he's probably right. He's probably thinking ahead going, you know what? Yeah, four years from now. I think, I think Indiana was kind of nice. Well, I think that's why Lewis signed a two-year deal because Mercedes can't exactly offer a three-year deal because they haven't negotiated their own yeah. deal. So yeah, all bets are off. Uh, I think um, that makes sense. Um, and it does also make sense that well, how old will um, Alonzo be? I'm trying to work it out, but uh, I-, I think he'll be done.
4: I think he'll be just fine.
3: Two, yeah, <laughs> two more years. I
4: yeah. just, uh, you know, I, I just got to say that was that was quite an interesting quip, and I don't, I don't think it was just a quip. I think he's frustrated with this. I don't think he wants to battle this anymore. He wants to go after the rest of his Triple Crown.
3: Yeah, everybody at Silverstone was saying that they, I mean, you know, you remember who you're talking to, you're talking to all the Formula One uh, folks, but they were saying they can't see him doing a full season of Indy. And and ultimately, I can actually. Um, I think he enjoys the environment. I think he enjoys the study. Um, I think there's so many different ovals. Uh, It's not all about Indianapolis. Uh, And also, there's some great tracks that Indy go to. I can I can see him doing a season in Formula One and really immersing himself into it. Maybe even um, you know if McLaren are serious, or at least if there is uh, an Alonso team, may not even be McLaren, um, you know, formed around him. Um, that he would he would jump at that. I, I just He's a racer. He likes racing. It doesn't matter. You could give him a go-kart and he'd be fine uh, or a bicycle. He's that kind of guy. I mean, so is Hamilton. Um, they just enjoy the competition. Rosberg, the opposite.
2: He studied it, won the championship, and walked away. All right, guys, we got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our German Grand Prix recap. And later in the show, we're going to talk about the business of Formula 1 because we had a great interview with Christian Silt of Formula Money listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages.
6: The Austin East KOA Campground. Just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com.
3: Do you want to drive a rally car? Well, you can a Dirtfish. Get behind the wheel of an all-wheel drive Subaru WRX STI or rear-wheel drive Subaru BRZ rally car at our 315-acre training facility. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface, in any condition, on our 12 different rally courses. Drift through corners, hammer down straightways, go fast, get sideways, and visit Dirtfish.com.
6: On-air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Here comes the rain again, raining
2: in my head like a tragedy, me apart like a new emotion.
1: Hi,
5: Brendan Hotley. this is
1: Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
2: Hey, congratulations, Brendan Hartley. You got some points yeah. today. Congratulations.
3: Casey, he got the right song. It's raining. It's raining. Again. It? Our producer, Casey.
2: Hey, we got a caller. Let's talk to Phil. He is calling in. It looks like he's somewhere between Montgomery, Alabama and somewhere else. Atlanta, Georgia. Is it raining? <laughs> Sounds like a song. Hey, Phil, how's it going?
0: Excellent. How are you?
2: Uh, doing good. What do you think of the race today?
0: Uh, fantastic. I love it. Lewis proved his worth.
3: I was going to say, yeah, he earned his bucks, huh?
0: I, uh, Yeah, I, uh, I think he proved his worth. And uh, we got to also listen to, who was it, LeClaire or Glassley, who put on the circus show with uh, spinning off on all the tires?
3: Oh yeah. oh, yeah, that was uh, that was, uh, Charles Leclerc. I've never seen a three. What we called that
4: was a... The Hockenheim Maneuver.
3: The Hockenheim Hocken- Maneuver, yeah. <laughs> not the Heimlich Maneuver, the yeah. Hockenheim, Hockenheim Maneuver.
4: The I thought, yeah. yeah. Hockenheim Lick. Hey, you know, it dates back to the uh, Danny Sullivan Spin and Win Spin Indie. and Win, <laughs> <Yeah>. Danny <laughs> yeah. Sullivan, yeah. on the yeah. 500. Well, Phil.
0: Yeah, not quite the same result.
4: But yeah, no, no, it wasn't. Well, good deal, Phil. Uh, have you been following Mercedes specifically, or who do you usually cheer for?
0: Uh, I cheer for the sport, but uh, mostly I use—I try to be a Williams fan, but Mercy. <laughs> it's a bad, bad
4: year. It's a glutton for punishment, right? Yeah. yeah you don't live yeah, in Cleveland, exactly. do you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Phil, I got to so, ask you. Detroit. You've been following F one for a while. It sounds like. What do you think of the changes that we're seeing from Liberty? For the fan engagement, for the
2: information that's being shared. I think
0: it's improved a hundred percent.
2: Wow! Yeah, I couldn't you, agree more. What do you like? What, what's what are you liking that Liberty's doing?
0: I just think that uh, the basic idea that I mean, the basic app works much better, especially for me. I travel a lot, but uh, you know, they, they, you can go watch archive races. You can watch every race at your own
3: yeah on demand yeah. if you're
0: not able to see it. I mean, it just the basic understanding that uh, people have to access the sport in different ways is. Uh, is what i think they're
6: catering to yeah they i could brought it up
0: to the 21st century
3: yeah and i i travel too and you're right when you're on a plane and you know you miss a practice or everybody's talking about a crash that you missed it's, it's great to be able to go to on demand and then just download it and have a look at it
2: and and, and you know and actually catch up the f1 app is uh, maybe the best app in professional sports i mean Ooh. i'm serious i mean that, that's I a would agree. Fa- it's a fantastic app i mean Live during the race. Yeah, there's so much. all the team radio that you can click on and play individually. uh, the the graphics. You know, when I first saw them, they're real hard to get used to, but once you manipulate them, they're kind of three D and that app is amazing. A lot of good. I think it works really well. Yeah, and I think we'll get overall
0: you know, it seems like they're trying to get the they get the message, you know, and certainly they're I think doing a better job of engaging an American audience.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. You know, I, I talked to Will Buxton and he and Jason Swales are still working together for Formula One now. Uh, and they're doing stuff on Twitter, post-race, pre-race. Uh, I, you know, I haven't really delved that deeply into it, um, but I think it's going to be, again, it, that's going to be a small bike kind of, um, a different kind of uh interaction with a different kind of audience probably so you've got you really have like you say that the the smorgasbord of going deep into formula one by going to all the sessions at every session and then you've got the chance to go on social media and and some of the you know the digital stuff
0: yeah i mean i can't do all of that but uh but it fits my it fits my niche <laughs>
2: hey, so phil how long have you been watching the sport how long have you been following f1 oh gosh since i
0: was a teenager
2: Okay, so you're that a long-time long fan.
0: That was a, that was a long time ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Phil, thanks a lot for calling in on the road there, buddy. We appreciate you listening.
0: Yeah, love you guys. Thank you for what you do. And, uh, yeah, good race.
2: Fun. All right. All right. We'll already, thanks, time. Phil.
0: We're only halfway there.
2: You're halfway, man. Yeah, yeah, that's know, right. not, yeah Great celebration. <laughs> you
4: bet. All right, travel talk safe, to you
2: buddy. soon. Hey, guys. That's good uh, to hear. Yeah, it's good. I, well, I just it,
4: I like the fact that, you know, he's not somebody that just recently came. He, he obviously has watched the sport. Long enough that, you know, it sounds like he's familiar with the business and he's familiar with how the fans are engaged and how, how the fans
2: are reached. And uh, speaking of Twitter, you just mentioned Twitter and yeah. Buxton, all them. I just checked and uh, the German Grand Prix was number five trending in the United States. Nice. Wow. After the race. I didn't check it till after the race. And then I checked Austin just to see. You know, I figured home of the Grand Prix here. And the same. Five number five trending on Twitter Nation, not, not nationwide nationwide fifth Whoa. and Austin fifth yeah that's really I mean good. you know we've talked Will Buxton was talking about. How many viewers for their first show on Twitter? That was their first Twitter yeah. show. Two and a half. And there's I mean, obviously with the the newness of social media to Formula One after the new era. <laughs> after the, yeah. Th- yeah they went from almost no social media to having a social media. So yeah, you're gonna be growing fast. But but they are the fastest growing social media in professional sports, at least in the United States. I'm not sure if that's sure. worldwide. But mm-hmm. what I tell you what, here's here's another reason to specifically
4: follow Speed City. Had a little conversation with Will Buxton this week, and uh, we may have something for you coming up soon. So uh, stick with us, follow us on social media. Are you being cryptic with us? I am. Okay. That's like his favorite
2: thing. He, he does love it. Little, he just, I do. He Crypto just It's my yeah. little
4: secret for a little while, and then I had let it out, and everybody in fa- joins he, in he grew on the up party. In a family, of girls. That's what it
3: is.
2: He, <laughs> do, he just nips into the living room and makes a, makes a tease and then runs out. Are you kidding? I just run away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, good to have a caller, and if you want to call in, 512-643-5483. Plenty to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, plenty to talk about. All right, so what else about the race today, guys? Obviously, the rain shook things up. We were all praying for rain after about the 40 laps, Uh, but yeah, it shook it up pretty good. I I think, What I I
3: mean, forget just for the weather for a sec. i I'm really impressed with the competitiveness of this year uh, of all the teams, strategy-wise, choice of tires and how they're doing it. Um, and how the midfield teams are now punching above their weight in historic terms and really making making a go of it. Uh, and I'm thinking, Haas, and I'm thinking, uh, as we saw last year, more actually, um, Force India. Uh, there's still a lot to be talked about on the driver scene. I mean, I know that Hamilton and Botas have, have created the dominoes. I think Ricardo will stay where he is because of that. Uh, there is a chance that he could still go to um, Ferrari if Kimi decides to hang it up or they decide to hang up Kimi.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, he's driving really well at the moment, Kimi. Yeah, I, I picked him to win the race, as you heard, and he's he did pretty good today, and he was a good soldier. Followed team orders basically. Today, uh, if you want, we could.
3: That could be something we could delve into, which is, you know, uh, if we, you know the sort of permutations of now we know about Lewis, um, you know, where the other drivers will come from. All right, we we've got another
2: caller. Let's talk to Larry in South Carolina. Larry, welcome to the show.
5: Hi guys. Um, I'm a bit chagrined here because I missed the race.
2: What? Oh, you're kidding. We can tell you all about it. <laughs>
5: I've been listening to everybody comment about the race and and, uh, not being a social media guru. I have no way to catch up with what transpired other than uh, print media somewhere. But from the description and the past races we've looked at this year, this really, really no hyperbole here. A season for the ages, the competitiveness, the storylines, the top drivers, In this generation, going head to head, the drives from behind, the the twists and turns of the season, this is one that's going to be remembered for decades and decades. And I think it's a great introduction for liberty to really introduce Formula One to the United States.
7: I think that's exactly
2: right. The same thing that we had somebody tweet at us just a minute ago. I'm just going to read this tweet. The championship is absolutely lit this year. We're on pace to go to have the most significant championship affecting race here in Austin. This is uh, Andy P. Yeah, yeah. He's from Austin, and he says uh, championship affecting race here here at Coda that we've ever had how it will twist and turn before then so uh, you're Larry you're right you and Andy are dead on the money and Jonathan yeah don't you agree
3: yeah and Larry I think you hit the the nail on the head this is such an important one for Liberty because they are going through a massive change I just came back from the British Grand Prix everybody's talking about the future everybody's talking about the potential of Miami and what that means to everybody else um and so yeah I think you're right they need a season like this to get to to really get everybody behind Formula One. Uh, And so when the changes come, everybody doesn't, you know, uh, you
2: know, everybody's on board. Yeah, we got to go straight to break, Larry, but thank you very much for calling. Thanks for tuning in and listening and, uh, you' I believe your thoughts are dead on the money and they' that's actually a great segue Larry thank you because we're gonna go into the in the next segment yes yeah, stay tuned we're going to go into the, a bunch of the business of Formula One including all about what you just said about Liberty and how they're doing so stick with us through the break and listen to Speed City live in Austin Texas back after these messages.
3: MV Agusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Agusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Agusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning Triple F3, six, seven, five, and eight hundred. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in consignments welcome, and financing available. To Kelly Austin and the home of MV Augusta at eight one eight Breaker Lane, just east of I thirty five. Are you craving an adrenaline rush? Well, get your fix at Dirtfish. Get sideways on one of our race ready Subaru WRX STIs or Subaru BRZs. Learn advanced car control skills on any surface in any condition. Test your skills on 12 different rally courses across our 315 acre training facility. Get your adrenaline fix by visiting
5: dirtfish.com. Listen to Talk 1370
1: anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com
2: app. Hi there, my name's Derek Bell. This is Speed
1: City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
2: Jonathan, you—I was going. Who is this? You said it's Britney. I was like, yeah, come on, man. Golly. I guess I'm just—I mean, you knew it like after three seconds. You I, it, I'm a music man. Okay, okay. I think you just like Britney. I do. All right, guys. We uh, we wrapped up the German Grand Prix. Great race today. Another another good race in Formula One. We've had what four in a row really good races now.
3: Well, we, you know, when you look back over the years since we we, we started this show back in 2012, it's uh, sort of in line with um, Coda. the Coda when it came to be, you know, um, we've had the dominance of Mercedes. Um, we've had McLaren, who were at the top of their game at the time. We've had Red Bull's domination. Uh, and now we're finally seeing Ferrari and Red Bull step up and take Mercedes on. Uh, that hydraulics failure, as I said, is systematic, I think, of, uh, of of the fact that Mercedes are being pushed to the very limit. I think Ferrari have found something. Um, they've got the advantage now in sort of uh, week in, week out, um, and they're using it. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to win every race. And look at Hamilton today. He started 14th. Uh, and still won the race. Now that's just good tactics, which means that Mercedes are having to work for it, and I like that. And I think, uh, I think today is an example. As we get to the halfway point, Botas clearly is going to help Lewis win this title, as his his job. He's just got a new contract too, and I think it was made very clear that Lewis is the number one driver. That was and, uh,
2: paragraph seven, article four. Correct. You, you help Lewis at Hamilton. all times. Yeah. You will help your teammate. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, watching Lewis Hamilton come through the crowd today, come through the grid, uh, you knew he would zip through the crowd, the, the grid quickly, right? Coming up through, and he'd probably reach. Six, but it was it was effortless, wasn't it? It, it was totally effortless. And it, but when he got to, I thought before, when he got to about the Haas or maybe Renault teams, I thought, well, maybe it's going to take him a little longer. Indicative of the fact that the midfield is better, but even right. then, he yeah. he blew past everybody and was in fifth place without any effort at all. Well, the one for me was Haas. We've been, you know,
3: waxing rhapsodic about how good Haas are, and he made them look as though they were standing still. He made everybody below Red Bull look like they weren't even in the race. No, we've got a three-way battle of six cars for for the win, which doesn't sound much, and for the purists, they'd be like, well, I want to see, you know, all 20 cars. But the truth is, that's better than we've had in the last few years. So that's why I think we're all excited, and that's why the racing is being... You know, it has been as good as it is at the moment.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's expecting this to be a 20-car race every single race. I don't, and I don't think that would even, that'll never happen, so I'm not worried about that. Just to update everybody on the standings, Mercedes 310 now, Ferrari 302. This is Constructor, obviously. Uh, Red Bull 211, Renault 80, and Force India and Haas now tied at 59. How far are they behind Renault? Uh, 21 points. Hmm. So it's... A halfway
3: point where, you know...
2: Yeah, the gap stayed about the same between Renault and Haas, but what I didn't see coming was Force India catching Haas. And then below them, Renault with 48, uh, Arturo Russell 20, uh, Sauber 18, and Williams still at four. But guys, I want to switch gears. I want to move to the business of Formula One. See? Because we've had some phenomenal interviews in the last couple of weeks. Because, yeah, yeah all, I mean, all, all
3: basically starting with Sean Bratches, go right to the top, go to the top man, and and then and then see what the opinions are around around that. That's I a, think that's, that's it. A,
2: that's a great way. To, you just you just laid out my interview schedule there. Uh, sorry, you, we're, <laughs> we're going to start with Sean Bratches because Jonathan, you got to go to London and sit with the managing director of commercial operations of Formula One.
3: Yeah, and I do think getting his opinion first and their vision first gives us an indication to then you know the journalists will talk and write and and have their opinions. That's what they're there for. Um, but it's great to actually go to the source and see what the vision of Formula One for the future with Liberty Media. Sean Bratches, thirty years uh, at ESPN, now tasked with the commercial direction of Formula One, um, and it was a fascinating uh, insight. Um, and he was, you know, gave me a lot of time uh, and there's quite a lot of uh of that interview that I want to get out as the weeks go on um but obviously the the big talking point um has to be Miami it's on everybody's lips at the moment who are interested in Formula One um and interestingly enough it seems to be kind of ebbing and flowing we thought it was going to be a July 1st decision then we thought it was going to be a July 26th
2: decision i.e. next week and it's still not decided but yeah I I don't I don't want this to turn into a New Jersey, but uh, you know, this is a huge thing that's about to happen. So it's not ever easy, but let's go ahead and start with this uh, interview, this clip from our interview with Sean Bratchett. Uh,
3: uh, So I I won't keep you too long, but I I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about how you're progressing with Miami. Uh, There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, headlines and and, and stories written. How are you progressing? Where are you? And, And how realistic is the possibility of a 2019 street race around Miami?
1: Yeah. So we're, um, you know we've got a strategy as it relates to our race promotion business, and I think you know central to that is to maintain the heritage races and race tracks that we that we race at today. Uh, we also have a number of purpose-built tracks around the world, uh, from Shanghai to Austin to, to Bahrain, where we race, um, and we you know we've got. Two pure street races in Monaco and Singapore, and we have, I would say, hybrids in Montreal, Mexico City, and Melbourne. Uh, You know, we think that the next tranche of of Grand Prix, we'd like to go to major city centers where we can actually bring our brand to the masses and uh, at the same time have phenomenal, uh, you know, iconography in the background from a television standpoint. Uh, Miami is a, an extraordinary town, it's an extraordinary brand. I think it's a, uh, a brand that aligns with Formula One as well or better than any other city in the world. You know, they're both about celebrity, they're both about fashion, you know, they're both about technology, they're both about luxury. Um, and I've been having conversations for over a year, started before Monaco in 2017, and uh, you we've know, been very respectful of the process. Um, we've had a, um, both a city and a county uh, commission votes that unanimously supported us moving forward in the process. And effectively what that did, would it, it authorized the city manager to negotiate an agreement with us, which we're in the process of doing. Um, we understand how to race in cities and respect cities. Uh, You know, we've been racing in Monaco since 1950. Um, We've been, you know, this was our 40th year in Montreal, racing downtown Montreal, and last year we extended that agreement through 2029. And they want us back uh, because we're good citizens. I think there's a lot of civic pride that comes from a Formula One race, but also importantly, the economic benefit from a Grand Prix is extraordinary. And uh, it, it fights very hard for these cities and it's, it's one of the reasons that, you know, we renewed our, our street race in Singapore l- last year, we renewed Shanghai last year, and we have, you know, we have continuity. We just renewed Spa, not a city race, but an example of, you know, the importance of that. So, uh I'm a I'm an optimist by nature. Um, you know, we've uh we're working closely with many constituencies in the Miami market and um you know we'll you know I'm I'm hopeful that this will come to fruition because I think it'll be good for the citizens of Miami, the local businesses and the overall Miami economy.
2: Yeah, well who knows better than us here in Austin having lived through yes, this. Yes, yeah. We we followed every step of the way starting in two thousand ten, whenever they they two years ahead of the Grand Prix, and we know the steps that they're at that's ahead of them and i do love his optimism yep but i don't yeah, almost argue that that i i think i
3: said it too uh that um i think it's benefited austin more than it would miami it's great for miami but miami is in florida and you've got so much else going on there and it's also a market because of the sunshine of florida and so on and so forth and the coast that has been open to europe and been open to foreign travel um, this just would kind of seal the deal. Let's go to let's go to Florida. Let's go to Disney World. Let's go to the beach, and we'll take in a Formula One race.
4: Well, you know the the one thing there has come up some resistance to it in Miami. A lot of the local businesses, because preparations for that event, they say, will start as much as uh, three weeks after uh, is what it's going to impact there, and it's going to be a couple of months before three weeks st- after uh, after the race. But two also, months before, three weeks after, right? And okay. so it's really going to. Uh, mess with businesses along those roads. And so that's where it's just going to mess with things. And that's what they're afraid of is because they don't think that what they will gain out of the race will offset what the individual businesses will
3: and, we, and as you heard, Sean, his argument being that we're good citizens, i.e. Formula One are good citizens in Monaco, in Singapore, uh, in Baku. Um, and, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, there is always, you know, whenever you're going to a city, but look what Formula E have done.
2: That They've gone, they've literally predominantly gone to cities. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, though, Les. I hadn't really thought about it from this standpoint now. And that I'm about to say is that remember when Formula One was coming here? It was Bernie. It was this foreign company, and it was like they don't know what what it's going to be like here. Now you've got an American-based company who's going to be maybe more sympathetic to the businesses and saying, all right, there's going to be – a lot of businesses are going to have a windfall, hotels, car rentals, and then there's other businesses that may be – be shut down for a period of time, maybe either. Sure, but the, but the know. big difference is Austin. I
3: you know Austin would never, I don't think, have a Formula One race in the streets of Austin because of that. We have so many road closures and so many festivals <laughs> and so many great things going on. So many but, traffic jams. Well, but there's no you know to to do a Formula One race downtown. And if you remember, Formula E was mooted as coming, yep. and it hasn't. Um, and I don't think Austin would want a street race. And that is why Elroy and that is why the Circuit of the Americas is perfect. Everybody thought it was quite a long way out of town, but it isn't. And the fact that people are going to concerts from Counting Crows to Live to anybody else uh, to Willie Nelson, everybody's, you know, it, it's become now a venue, not necessarily the venue. There's so many good ones here. Um,
2: but, you know, it's 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 made its place. All right. Well, I want to take a break now because I want to hold this next interview till after this break, because this next interview is with Christian Silt. He's the editor of Formula Money. And we're going to get his take, which is a little different from Sean Bratch's on what might happen in Miami and the deal, the actual uh, structure of the deal. Sorry. That's all right. So stick with us through the break. Because I'm a fascinating business interview about Formula One with Christian Silt. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin. Back after a quick break.
6: Walking through the streets
0: of Soho in the rain. He was looking for the place called Lee Ho, folks. Wanna get a big dish of each
7: chow?
3: MV Agusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Agusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Agusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675, and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome, and financing available. To Kelly Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I
6: 35. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing at Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the Hill Country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Talk 1370. The right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno
5: from
1: jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
2: All right, when we went to the break, we talked about an interview we did with Christian Silt. He's the editor of Formula Money, and he's got an article, he's got a regular Article in Formula—I mean—in Forbes magazine about Formula One, and he's specialized in the formula, the business of Formula One, looking at it from the business side, sponsorship side, all the money side, and fascinating data that this guy and his his partner Caroline, I believe, they they produce. But we talked to him yesterday and talked to him about this exact same thing that we just spoke with Sean Bratches about about Miami, and we we talked about not only the viability of the whole deal, the whole getting the race up and running, but the the deal that they're talking about, which is very, very different from the Ecclestone era of Formula One, and that is where you just plop down, a, you pay Bernie a big jet pile of money. So let's uh, let's go in and hear this clip from Christian Silt.
8: Now, I think the, the biggest difference for sure with the, the Miami deal is that, and this has come out in the, the, the contracts that I've seen so far, is that there's no mention of the hosting fee um, I mean, the going rate for an F1 hosting fee at the minute is about thirty-one and a half million dollars a year, rising by five percent annually. That's the escalator, and um, certainly the uh, you know normally that fee will be paid or covered by the uh, the government, whether it's the federal or uh, state uh, government, um, as it is indeed in Austin, where um, the government's putting in somewhere in the order of twenty million dollars a year to cover the uh, the hosting fee. Um, but in the case of Miami. Uh, the, certainly the government is not uh, paying, uh, covering, you know, anything like that amount. There's been no mention of a fee, in fact. Um, and really the government's liability in terms of financial liability stretches to around one and a half million dollars a year, increasing by three percent annually. Um, and that covers kind of the key services that will be needed to pull off the race you know, policing, um, you know, waste cleanup, traffic uh, uh, control, etc. Um, so it's one and a half million dollars a year. That's what the government will be. Uh, that's the um, the local government will be putting in. And I wrote a piece for Forbes recently saying actually that the uh, the local government, uh, that's the city of Miami, they're actually trying to get the state of Florida to uh, to, to to cover that that amount too. So you know it's one and a half million, and usually the going rate is about thirty <laughs> big 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 difference. And this is driven really because Liberty Media F1's owners. It's listed in America uh, on the NASDAQ and based in Colorado. They want more uh, races in America because obviously you've only got one at the minute. Um, And so uh, they appear to be waiving the uh, the hosting fee. And that really is, uh, you know, you could say that's a a catalyst to get the race off the ground. The difficulty that they've got in Miami is that the track is passing through or the street track is course, I suppose, uh, is passing through um, a park called Bayfront Park. And the uh, local residents are not impressed with the fact that it's going to be passing through the park. They've already had to change the route once already because it was originally going through another park, um, which uh, was, has been earmarked for uh, uh, basically development. Um, so they had to change the route already, but it's still going through another park, Bayfront Park. And the residents there have uh, filed a group of 11 residents have filed a cease and desist order with the, um, uh, the city hall. Basically, getting them to us uh, to stop the race um, and negotiations for it. So, I mean, there's there's a definite hurdle there. I mean, there was meant to be a decision on whether to approve the uh, contract on Thursday next week. Uh, so, I think that's the 26th, and now that has been deferred until September. So, it remains to see if that's I ever imagine. actually going to happen.
3: I was going to say that was my next question because we saw that there was a what we call a soft. July first date when I was at the the British Grand Prix. Then it went to the 26th of July. Then it went to August, and now you're telling me September. So this is this is definitely becoming a problem. And we when we
2: spoke,
8: uh, I mean, I've seen this before. With with the classic example, which you know just seems to be reflecting, it is New Jersey. This is exactly what happened in New Jersey. Got, Got delayed and delayed and delayed so many times. Uh, and eventually, you know, it was delayed, you know, in the end by years and it never happened, obviously.
2: You bring up New Jersey and that was a, you know, a sad story because we all wanted New Jersey to happen. And what do you think the odds of this happening in Miami are?
8: I don't think there's very much chance at all of it happening next year from everything I hear. Um, I don't think it's likely at all for next year, but you never know. Um, beyond that, who knows?
2: You know, you get to, you get out polar polar opposites there yeah. with optimism and pessimism. Well,
3: and that's you know as a journalist doing exactly his job uh, and bringing out some of the pitfalls, which are true, uh, yeah. and the, the dates he mentioned are very much true. But to be honest, we see, we saw this with New Jersey, and to be honest, we saw this with Coda too. We saw
2: in Austin. Remember, November of 2011. Yeah, they stopped construction. In fact, that's really. What got us started at Speed City is everybody was saying, oh, I guess it's done. Nobody's going to do this." I was like, "No, no, guys, we yeah, got yeah. this kind of thing." Uh, just, you- yeah, yeah. there's a lot
4: of momentum for yeah. these types of events. Uh, you know, whether it's from the local community, but they certainly have a, an impact and a benefit to it. And you know, that was the one thing. You know, when I've talked to folks around here that are still curious about that noisy 1100 acres out there. <laughs> It's like come on out. There's yeah. there's all this going on, and you know you'll meet people from all over the world. You'll see a sport that's one of the most regarded in the world. It's just uh, there's still people waking up.
3: And I and I would argue that Miami is far more sport crazy in terms of you know the the major franchises from the Heat to David Beckham's soccer team. Um, I mean you know this this is uh, both a state and a town that loves um, and
2: would. You know would love the idea of this well and it's a huge uh, msa they call it metropolitan area the, the city of miami itself is is actually smaller than austin but the msa is double what austin yeah, yeah. Is. so this is a huge part of the. and like I, I said it's so i think liberty's real big reason why miami
3: is the first one they want to capture is that it is uh the perfect midpoint between the european audience who can jump on a plane and be there in five hours uh, which is no different than going from, let's say, England to Germany today, or Finland, as you just saw, to Germany today. Yeah. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, those Finnish fans—they've come from Finland to see their to see their guy Bodas right. or or Kimi do the business. Um, so, yeah, I, it makes it a very uh, good place to go um, from from all over the world, including North America and
2: effectively Mexico and South America. All right. Well, I'm going to play one more clip. Another journalist, Kate Walker. And uh, yep. because I want to get, I want to, I want you to listen to her take on Miami because why not? Let's get all let's three Let's talk to her at Silverstone. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk to, hear from Kate Walker.
3: Very interested about how their perception and how their growth is going to be. Circuit of the Americas now well-established um, and the only Formula One circuit in America. Now there's talk of Miami. That puts the, yep. the back foot a little bit on the Circuit of the Americas, but not necessarily. I think people m- may misunderstand that. It's a bit like the the conflab here between a permanent circuit and a street circuit and I think if I glean correctly, Liberty want to bring it to the cities, want to bring the atmosphere, want to bring the entertainment brand to Formula One more so. Um, Just looking at America then therefore, um, do you think that Miami will be a go and do you think that there will be more to come?
7: I definitely think there'll be more. Um, I've heard talk of both permanent facilities being constructed and street race discussions. Miami, um, you know, we, I don't know 100% whether or not it's going to be happening for 2019. It would be absolutely fabulous if it did. Um, but you know, the thing about organizing a street race is the permits that you need, the facilities that you need. There were reports this week in Forbes that um, some residents are refusing to give permission to use a certain, a, certain a, a patch of land that's supposed to be on the edge of the track. These things can all be dealt with. Um, The question is how quickly can they be dealt with? And what F1 has in its favour is uh, Stephen Ross, Mm. the man behind the Miami Dolphins. He's also involved in um, F1 Vision and Fan Vision, the little TV sets that Mm. they're selling all over the place here. I mean, he's got his finger in an awful lot of f1 affiliated pies and he's got an awful lot of money he's got experience of putting on events in miami he knows everybody he needs to know on the various boards and city councils um and he's backing the race so i think the might of him we will see it happen it's just it may not be ready in time for 19 with all the permits and paperwork and that kind of nonsense
3: and do you think that the business model that bernie had let's say with of the americas and Pretty much every other track in the world will change. And it seems that Miami is maybe that first change where it it isn't, hey, we're coming, we need, you know, 30 plus million dollars and, you know, a 10% rise in every year um, but we'll work with you to promote this so that's the difference do you think that's going to be the case worldwide not just in America
7: absolutely I think so and I, it's one of the reasons that we're having certain delays with contract negotiations at the moment think KOTA is still waiting on signing off on the extension of their deal um, Suzuka I think still needs to sign Silverstone still needs to sign Um, and everybody seems to be sticking their heels in and going hang on a minute you gave Miami this fantastic deal why are we still on (laughs) the old package Um, which I'm not sure how Liberty are going to deal with that because you know they invested in a business they are listed on the stock market they want to make money for themselves for their shareholders they also need to invest in the sport um, the investments that we've seen over the last year or so doing promotional activities mm. like London Live, actually hiring a marketing department and a social division for the first time, F1 TV, all of these bits and bobs, they've cost a lot of money and they've co- cost the teams a lot of money because the capital has come out of what was the prize fund. Um, And if Liberty need to find a business model where they can keep the teams financially happy because the teams require prize money when they can't get sponsorship, Um, they need to keep the circuits happy, but they also need to keep their own board happy and their own investors happy. And I think that is why we're seeing such a push to F1 TV at the moment. Because they've taken a look and realised that the current model with circuits is unsustainable. But that if they can get the fans to pay for their own passion through a subscription model and giving them more TV, more access, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, I think that is where they're going to find the wiggle room to cut circuits deals.
2: Interesting. Kate, yeah, fascinating. That was Kate Walker. Uh, she writes for ESPN and The New Yorker. And one of my favorite things that she said in there was talking about Stephen Ross, yeah. who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins, who's, you know, when we talked to the mayor of New, of Miami, and he said, well, we talked about the fee as well, Stephen Ross is going to be writing the check. And you know yeah. what? It, it, he if, may well be. If, if he's, he's involved in fan vision. He's already involved in Formula One. And if it's just a matter of him writing the check, he's got a vested interest to make some money with it, then maybe that's the most... Telling thing, maybe that'll make Miami happy. I hope hap- I hope it happens. Uh, if we could get oh. three
3: Grand Prix, including the Circuit of the Americas here in America, then we really are onto
2: something. Miami, Elroy, and Bastrop. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking. just Go back to New York, or <laughs> you
3: know.
2: All right, guys. Well, we are just about out of time. I uh, hope you enjoyed all that fascinating business discussion, of one, because all of that we're going to be putting all of those interviews at, over time up on SoundCloud. And to go back to a Wimbledon phrase,
3: advantage Hamilton. Ah, yes, oh, man. in the yeah. championship. back But here. it ain't
2: over. Nope. <laughs> it is not Yo, over. We're only in the first set, yeah. And if you <laughs> missed our pre-race show, we do a pre-race and post-race to every Formula One race. Check out our website to find out how to listen, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check out all our social media and our SoundCloud accounts, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Ciao, y'all.